What's going on, Far, Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars in 10. So how's everyone doing this Monday? I hope all is well on your side of the galaxy. So now there's something that I ran across out here on the Outer Rim that I really wanted to talk about, I wanted to share with you because it really got me thinking. Ewan McGregor has revealed that he was terrified of Darth Vader on the set of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And after portraying Obi-Wan in all three of the Star Wars prequel trilogy, McGregor is set to make his return as the Jedi Master while also making his return to the Star Wars universe as Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. The series is set 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith and follows Obi-Wan in his hiding as he secretly watches over young Luke. While in the interview, McGregor reminded everyone that he had never actually worked with Vader before. He had only interacted with Anakin before he got the suit. So this is what he said. In the three films that were made, I never worked with Darth Vader. I only worked with Hayden. So in the first scene that we did, we rehearsed it and Hayden didn't have the helmet on. When it came to filming the actual scene, they shouted action and I started walking down. I turned around and there's Vader coming at me. I had a jolt of absolute fear, like real fear. I have never had that acting before. It was like I was seven years old again. Deborah Chow also stated that Vader's presence on set was really intense. So this got me thinking a little bit. If Vader's presence on set is that unsettling, how likely is it that it will be portrayed in the series? I know I said that I wasn't going to get my hopes up, but the more the information is revealed about the series, the more I can't wait to see it. I just hope it's going to be as good as I am expecting. Okay, enough of all that. We got to get back to the story. Because when we left off on Friday, we were right in the middle of Xana and Bane's fight. So let's jump right back in where we left off. But first, we got to drop the intro. What well you have? You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show. So just sit back and be ready for clear your mind of what to know and let the force be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would be joining us. He unleashed another lightning blast at his apprentice. She caught the incoming bolts with her lightsaber, rendering them harmless. But her reactions were a fraction slower than normal, and Bane knew it was more than just her injured ribs. The effort to keep the tendrils animated was pushing Xana's ability to draw on the force to its limits, leaving her vulnerable in other areas. Lightsaber in hand, Bane charged toward her. The tendrils flew to intercept him, but Bane ducked, jumped, and dodged, weaving his way under, over, and around them as he bore down on Xana. She brought her lightsaber up to defend against his attack, but without the full power of the force behind them, her movements were awkward and clumsy. She parried the blow, but didn't react fast enough as Bane dropped down and took her feet out from under her with the sweep of his leg. As she fell, he twisted the handle of his lightsaber so that his blade caught one of hers, wrenching the hilt from her grasp and sending her weapon flying across the camp. With his foe unarmed and helpless at his feet, Bane brought his arm down for the coup de grace, only to have it intercepted mid-swing by one of the dark side tendrils. It wrapped itself around the elbow. Skin, muscle, sinew, and bone dissolved instantaneously severing the limb. His disembodied forearm and fist tumbled harmlessly to the ground, his lightsaber flicking off as the hilt slid from his suddenly nerveless fingers. The Dark Lord didn't scream this time. The pain was so intense, it left him mute as he collapsed to the ground. Everything went black. Blind and alone, he felt the void closing in. In desperation, he reached out with his left hand, clutching Xana's wrist as she lay on the ground beside him. With his last act, he summoned all his remaining power and invoked 
the ritual of essence transfer. Working at the speed of thought, his mind tapped into the currents of the force, seizing on the power of the dark side, spinning, shaping, and twisting it into the intricate patterns he had ripped from Andedu's holocron. The cold darkness swallowing him up vanished, replaced by a searing burst of crimson light as the power of the ritual was unleashed. Bane was aware of his flesh being utterly consumed by the unimaginable heat, reduced to ashes in a thousandth of a second. But he was no longer a part of his own body. His spirit had discarded it like an old shell in favor of a new one. Bane was suddenly fully aware of his physical surroundings. He could see with Xana's eyes. He could hear with her ears. He could feel the intense heat of the ritual's crimson glow through her skin. But Xana was still there too. She sensed his assault. He could feel her terror and confusion as if they were his own. And when she screamed in horror, he screamed with her. The black tendrils vanished as her concentration was shattered, disappearing like smoke on the wind. Instinctively, she fought to repel the invader. Bane could feel her pushing him away, rejecting him, trying to drive him out, even as he relentlessly tried to force his way in and snuff out her existence. It became a battle of wills, their two identities locked together inside Xana's mind, grappling for possession of her body. They teetered on the precipice of the void, Bane seeking to obliterate all trace of her identity, while she sought to cast him down into the blackness. For a moment, they seemed to be evenly matched, neither gaining nor giving ground. And then suddenly, it was over. From a safe distance, the Iktachi had watched the two figures from her dreams wage battle. She was an impartial observer, having no preference as to which one would emerge victorious. She only wanted to serve whoever proved the stronger. The conflict had been brief but intense. She had marveled at the speed of their blades, their movement so fast she could barely follow the action. She had felt the awesome power of the force unleashed through bursts of lightning and the sinister tendrils that crawled up from the ground. She shivered in anticipation with the knowledge that she too could one day learn to wield such power. She had seen Bane knock the woman to the ground and slap her weapon away, only to have his arm hewn off by the touch of one of the black tentacles. And then there had been a flash so bright she had been forced to close her eyes and look away. When she looked back, Bane was gone, his body reduced to a pile of ash. The blonde woman still lay on the ground, dazed but alive. The deadly tendrils were nowhere to be seen. Cautiously, she approached the scene. Bane's severed arm lay on the ground, but the rest of his body had been consumed by the crimson flare. In the instant before she had looked away, however, she had felt something. Even from a distance, she had sensed an incredible burst of power, the same power she had sensed in Bane himself. She didn't know how it was possible, but it almost seemed as if the Dark Lord's life energy had burst free of his physical form in one glorious instant, releasing itself upon the material world. Then, as suddenly as she had sensed the presence, it was gone, vanishing like an animal gone to ground. Crazy as it might seem, there was only one place she could imagine it could have gone. The woman on the ground shifted, her eyes fluttering open as she rose slowly to her feet. She moved awkwardly and couldn't seem to stand up straight as if she was unfamiliar with how her own limbs and muscles worked. 
though this could simply have been the result of exhaustion from the battle. Now this part got me a little stumped. The dark side tendrils that are coming after Bane are not just in his mind, they are actually hurting him. Xana is doing some Sith sorcery that we have never seen her do before. Bane is able to take her down, but one of the tendrils takes off his saber hand. This is when he grabs Xana with his other hand and tries to do the essence transfer. This whole time Cognus is watching the action. She said that she seen Bane's spirit leave his body then disappear. Now his body is just a pile of dust. But when Xana gets up, she is all off balance and awkward. It could have been from fatigue or did Bane succeed? But that's where this part came to an end. Now let's get to the quote for this week. And it comes to us from Zig Ziglar. He said, if you are unwilling to learn, no one can help you. But if you are determined to learn, no one can stop you. Wow, that's a powerful statement. It makes me think of the 10,000 hour rule. I know you've heard of it before. It takes 10,000 hours of practice to become an expert. Well, think about it like this. You had to learn it first. If you refuse to learn new things, then you will be stuck right where you are at. And no one can help you be successful which I don't know why anyone will refuse to learn. We are in the age of knowledge. You can learn almost anything on YouTube, but you have to want to learn. And if you do, there are plenty of people out there to help you. You can't succeed if you refuse to learn. Okay, that's all I got for today. Join us tomorrow for the next part. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars in 10. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Kenai Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.